That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome. I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a podcast rewatching and dissecting Batman v Superman one minute at a time. We've arrived at minute 90. It is a monument, but it isn't. Yeah, look, we just I think we just passed the halfway point, I think, in the 80s, right? So it's kind yep. of weird to be at such a... And we're so close to 100. It's yep. kind of a weird one to celebrate, but, but it is... I, I can't believe we got 90 minutes into this. Yeah, I and know. we've still got so many to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so much of what I remember of this movie has not yet happened. But in the movie, it is a day for truth. For this podcast, it is a day for June Finch. Well, not yet. Not next episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm choosing to stay positive and say that this is the last positive minute for June Finch, because this really is, you know, if, if, if her arc through the movie was building to a climax, this is it. For both Holly Hunter and June Finch to really show, you know, they wanted to have their moment. They wanted to have Superman come and face the music, face them, and have a conversation. She made that clear in her last speech. And now in minute 90, that day has come. I have sat here before to say that shadow interventions will not be tolerated by this committee. Neither will lies. Because today is a day for truth. June is actually sharing a word with Senator Patrick Leahy, who at the time of this recording is now the president pro tempore, because thanks to the scheduling and, and when this podcast occurred in real time, the minutes, this is it's going to sound like so made up, but the minutes where the film arrived at the U.S. Capitol building, we recorded prior to the events of the U.S. Capitol building in the year 2021, in the final days of an American presidency. And these minutes now are being recorded after that. If anyone is listening to this in the future and wondering, you know, it's weird that all of the stuff they've talked about in terms of like, that they're not talking about angry people outside of the U.S. Capitol building happening in real life, it's because it hadn't happened at that point. We literally talked about how they compare to current real-life protesters in D.C. or other places in the country prior to events that would be maybe the more logical comparison. <laughs> Reality is stranger than fiction. A new political conversation has started in, well, in the United States and around the world, as they so often do any time an event like this happens in history. But I think that it's a new conversation about the things that I think we we would have said this movie is about. Like, you're not having it set in Washington just to have it set in Washington. You're not having it set at the U.S. Capitol building, not because it is an iconic I image in the American institution and the American ideals, right? It's literally baked into the architecture and, like, the design of the city. Like, we spent time talking about that a few episodes ago about Arlington Bridge and the symbolism of unifying the North and the South and men with power being flawed and even it's hard to paint a clean line of 
of good and bad because good people have done bad things bad people have done good things and when you give them power that gets even more messy that leads well into the minute here like this symbolic significance of the american the american system of truth justice and you know the american way as we've talked about superman being present here we were talking about it being loaded with symbolism and i think that reality came along to show why you know a single photo of Places like this can, it's worth a thousand words, it's worth a million words sometimes. And in this case, I had alluded to it before, it was the moment we were building to where Superman walks up to the gate to walk through and we get this insert shot, a close up of his hand, you know, this like God among people that we were talking about placing his hand gently on the gate to open it. I don't think I could tell you why. I don't think I could articulate why that is such a beautiful image that is right out of, you know, uh, like an Alex Ross, yeah, you know, gentleness and, and reverence um, from Superman that, that Superman is reverent to the institutions of people. And this, the, the sound, I like the sound engineering, I don't think can be ignored there either because we, we, I think we talked in the last minute about how like a hush came over the room. Yeah. When walking on like carpet. Yeah. And like you, I think you can even maybe if you can't hear it, you can, you can hear it with your eyes, (laughs) the, uh, like the carpet noise. Yeah. But then with the, with the gate, just the, like the fully of like the gate opening, it's just silence, and then his hands, his hand on the gate, the the close up, the opening. It's such a a juxtaposition in in all ways. He's powerful, but he is being he's he's submitting. He he's someone that literally can fly over gates, and it's a low gate too, right? He's walking through it, and and it's silent, but the silence is deafening. Like there's so many. Yeah. Um, like the poetry of the extremes of the, the different juxtapositions going on in, in that single shot. There's a there's a, a sense of occasion to it, right? It is grim events that have brought him here. I'm just now realizing that seeing Superman passing down between like government officials and soldiers grimly is also going to be echoed later in the movie. But for right now, I think that the way he, he walks through and kind of presents himself, like he doesn't speak. And I think it's important that he doesn't speak because... That's not what this is about. Like, this is about... Well, and I think the point also of what compelled him to be there was watching TV and the, and the cry for him to come and to see and to hear. Mm-hmm. Not to come and to talk, but to come and to, to look yes. in their eyes and to hear their story. And it's, it's just kind of his, his moment of, well, here I am. Yeah, and, and perfectly, he does. We do get a separate moment of him looking to Wallace. You know, Superman is seeing. It's hard to imagine what he's feeling in this moment. But you get, like you were saying, June starts it off by saying that we thank, we thank him for coming here. This is, as she said before, democracy in action, which is a conversation. The thing that this moment or this minute really hinges on for me, though, in terms of what we've been talking about, is June very passionately says directly to Superman, we act by the consent of the governed, sir. I think is actually what she says. <laughs> yeah. That fundamental question of what is the role of a person who is given power by other people? There's responsibility there. But I think that what is what this moment distinguishes for me is that while a senator or the Senate or the president the power that they are given, in June's words, democratically, it's a different or it should be a different kind of power. It's totally symbolic, but 
she is saying it to someone who is none of those things. Just by the very essence of him existing and being, he has more power than any of them can even imagine. And she is, I think, for as much as I love June, she is applying a, a wrong or a false yardstick. It goes both ways, right? He, he hasn't chosen to be powerful and rule them or govern, govern their actions. But that is the entire – that's the entire problem of this. I mean it goes back to that very same problem and I think it's important to point out. As Charlie Rose said, would you tell a grieving parent that their child is dead because we did not consent for Superman to exercise his power? And June did not have an answer then. She, that, that was a deflection. It might have been a well-meaning deflection. She didn't then and she, I don't think she still does now. And Clark was watching that, the TV in that moment. And, and I think my interpretation of that at the time was he wanted to, I don't know if I, I want, that he wants their consent, but he wants, he wants them to, to accept him. He, do, like, he doesn't want to be put, putting anyone in a position where his power is compromising them. He wants his power to be something that is, is a symbol for, for good or is used for good. But bureaucracy of the system that makes decisions about who can and can't act and when and why yeah doesn't know what to do with him and and there's a huge irony here because she literally that then says i have sat here before to say shadow interventions will not be tolerated by this committee neither will lies and she's saying this to superman and this committee exists because of what happened in the desert but <laughs> what happened in the desert was a shadow intervention by the US government that they are allowing Lex Luthor to pin on Superman. They know. Yeah. I mean, she she might not know, but somebody somebody in that room knows that Superman is taking a fall for shadow interventions by both the U.S. military and Lex Luthor. They they know it was Luthor because they 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 tracked the metal and they know that he had contractors there. They know it was the 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 drone was ordered by the U.S. military, right? And somebody is sitting there with their mouth shut, lying yeah. by omission, allowing Superman to to be taking the fall for this. And so when you're talking about power, like Superman is the one with power here, but he is listening and he is letting this... Because if she is saying you should act only by the consent of the governed or, or the consent of the people, you know, you are overseeing, well, I oversee the whole world. So... Do I need to get consent from each country before yeah, I, do I enter I need their consent airspace? From every, uh, do I need Amajog's consent? Do I need the consent of the people that he's hurting? If I'm going to save someone in a country that's ruled by a dictator, do I have to get the same consent from them that I do from you? Yeah. As Charlie Rose would say, what are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> right. The visual metaphor of Superman, he's almost too big you know, for this, for this hearing room. And I think that realistically, with June framing the argument, he doesn't fit philosophically. Like, he doesn't fit their rules or the things that Truth. Okay, who's truth? Justice. By whose definition? And he's also standing there in a room with people wearing suits and military dress, wearing a blue unitard with a red cape. <laughs> like, it's just, he, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he doesn't belong there. Yeah. Like, why is he, he's only there by his consent, I think is the, the irony of that, is they're saying, we act by the consent of the governed, and he's like, I act by my consent, and I consent to be here, and I'm, but I'm listening. Although, his power is... He would like to believe it's innocent yeah, um, or, or at least well-meaning. I do think the tragedy here comes from – we can ask what kind of speech June would have said had sh her day been different, <laughs> had she had a yeah. different meeting earlier in that day. But she does say, nor will lies, but that lies 
her voice pivots. You can tell, or at least I think, that she is beginning her march towards exposing you know, the information that she's received, that we have been misled. Right. And you even get a camera shot of Mercy at that point when she says no no real lies and the camera cuts to Mercy. And that's when yeah. Mercy realizes Lex isn't there. Yeah. Um, which is kind of, I think June probably realizes that also is kind of the wait a minute. Boy, I would have loved to have known. I, I think that it is, this is the, I, th- <laughs> well, no, we're going to talk more about, about Holly Hunter in the next minute, but I will say for, for right now, it does feel like a big breath is being taken in by <laughs> the previous minute was kind of the the shift in pace. And now it is, okay, we're slowed down. You might almost forget that Lex just offed Kahina Ziri. Well, we were talking about the pacing and the buildup and the crescendo and it all, it was swelling. And then it's like the air got let out of the room Yeah, in this moment. It's like in this hearing chamber time moves at a different pace than it has been leading up to this moment. Leading up to the moment where Holly Hunter says today is a day for truth and her and her breath breaks on truth and that will that haunts my dreams and <laughs> haunts every reviewing of this movie is how it comes across as indicating her reverence and belief in the truth. It's so sad that this Zack Snyder you monster chooses this moment to then deliver the twist that June says that only by speaking and realizes that there's something off about her coffee cup. <laughs> we will get into the next minute. One of the most uh, anticipated minutes. I know that to be the case, even though people may be too embarrassed to say it that we are now arriving at. But until then, please continue to listen. Uh, if you can review the podcast on iTunes, share with a friend, tell them they arrived at this minute. We, we have arrived at the P. You can do that on Twitter. You can tell us your own excitement at BVS by the minute. If you want to support more of this discussion of all bodily fluids in Batman v Superman, Justice League, Man of Steel, so many more projects to come, you can support us on Patreon. Uh, you can find all that information at SnyderMinute.com. Until then, do you smell something? <sighs> Because only by speaking 